Welcome everyone back to the Cancelled Preacher Podcast. Uh, thanks for being here with us. Me and my dad, Pastor Phil Hudson, we talk weekly about uh, Christianity in America and, uh, well, it's lukewarm state. Uh, we're in defense of the old-time religion. We're going to talk today about music. And, um, well, we honestly don't know what to talk about. We were just sitting here saying, well, we don't have facts and figures. And I mean, you've preached on this many times before, but uh, it's something that's been brought up during when we talked about the Asbury Revival. and uh, It's one of these gray areas um, that uh, it really puts a lot of Christians, you know, at odds with one another, like... Is this right? Is this wrong? What What is right and what is wrong? And so we want to deal with that issue today. And it seems like as many Christians as there are, there are that many opinions on it. Yes. We were just talking about somebody who uh, is on YouTube talking about this. Um, and he's got some real strong opinions in one direction. Um, some people just are completely the other side and every, every spot in between. But uh, we're not so much talking about rock and roll music and uh, the world's music. But right now we've been wrestling with and talking about Christian music uh, and all the different things that fall under that umbrella and how do we discern Christian music. Well, you've got obvious right and then you've got obvious wrong. Music that glorifies God on the one end of the spectrum and music that glorifies the devil on the other side of the spectrum. And then it seems to be a blend Um Perhaps it might be in the beat. Maybe it would be in the style. In the, some people would say maybe jazz is wrong, boogie-woogie is wrong. And some people would say maybe in certain settings, but in other settings, maybe not. We want to talk about that kind of thing today. Yeah. Um, before we uh, dive into that, I'll just uh, say that um, I, I have done a lot of study on music. I, it's it's my, one of my hobbies i guess you could say i would Love. say too that our listeners ought to go to your youtube channel um you've got a lot of lessons on how to play the piano and uh, a lot of uh songs that you have played on the piano well done and very accomplished piano player and you've been a blessing in our church for such a long time you may want to check that out yeah thank you and uh, i have enjoyed uh Playing the piano, and uh, not just the piano, but just studying music as well. I like to get online and listen and watch uh, music instruction videos that put most people to sleep, and it just fascinates me. Um, and my dad, before we started, he said, well, you should do a lot of the talking in this episode. And I said this. I said, well, just like we said before, um, I'm handicapped in the area of music by higher education. What, what will happen is when we come to this conversation, I'll be like, oh, well, I've got all the insight because I know some technical things about music. And uh, that's exactly opposite of what the Lord blesses. Um, I need to I need to hear what you have to say. Um, wisdom from the Word of God. And it doesn't matter if you can't carry a tune in a bucket, but if you know God's Word, then you can be much more discerning than someone's going to come and say, well, it's this beat or this composer or this genre, and kind of uh, dissect it that way. I'm leaning on my own understanding, which is exactly what the Bible says not to do. Well, that's a very good point, Brother Jonathan. But I do think that if you would keep it, um, filtered through the Word of God, then your insight could very, be very valuable. Yes. We can mix the two together. We had a guy in our church years ago, and um, he wanted to legalize uh, music. I mean, down to where you could, you could write, you could read his guidelines, and you could be able to put every song, you know, in the yes or no column. This is good. This is bad, like a flow chart. And uh, 
And so he would say, well, grace notes are wrong. And then he would go back, there's no grace notes in classical music, and I showed him that there was. He said sliding was wrong. And I went and showed him where uh, Patch the Pirate would slide in that song, Jonah, Jonah, Jonah. And, um, and of course, he wouldn't admit that that song was wrong, but it conflicted with his guidelines. And so I've come to conclude that I'm not too sure that the Bible really has strict guidelines. What would you say about that? Um, well, yes, I agree. There's so much, and, and when you start talking about good or bad music, people will be quick to say, well, the Bible talks so much about music, and it's true. There are a lot of references to music, but there's almost no categorization of music. Right. None. You can't find it anywhere, except for maybe you might say Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, Ephesians, what was it, two? And uh, that, that there's some categorization there, but it still does not sit down or, or you know, say, help and say this kind of music is right, this kind of music is wrong. Never mentions rhythm, all the things that we uh, obsess about today when it comes to music. It never, the Bible never gets into those details, but it references music all the time. It right. It talks about it because it's just there. Music is there, um, but it doesn't. It doesn't do what we wish it would do in defining what's good or bad. Well, we could certainly say this, that, that God is a musical God, and uh, he created us to sing, and he loves to hear us sing. Uh, the devil was made of music and for music. Um, and, uh, he Where do you get probably, that? Well, in Ezekiel, um, it talks about his pipes were made in, in him and his timbrels uh, in him. I'm not sure I can... I can remember the Ezekiel 28. I'm not sure. Perhaps it is. Um, and uh, and so a lot of folks think, and I kind of believe as well, that he was probably the minister of music in heaven. And uh, so he is well prepared to come and to corrupt music. He knows good music, uh, and he also knows bad music. And uh, And so I absolutely think that the devil is hard at work in the area of of music, and I think music has been used of the devil as much as anything up until perhaps this last generation, you know, with cell phones, and now pornography has probably taken over. But um, I remember when I was young, I was a kid, and I was, I was just hooked on the Beatles. I loved them. I loved the 1960s music, the beat, the Beach Boys, uh, Elton John, Billy Joel, um, those guys. I, I just, man, I ate up. Uh, Pink Floyd, and uh, I was never a hard acid rocker, um, but, um, you know, and I had to struggle with it. And I remember the first time I went to an independent Baptist church, the, the preacher preached against the Beatles, and I swore I would never go back there again. And my father, who really wasn't even a Christian, said, maybe he's right, and that's why you're so convicted. Mm -hmm. And I at least had to give that some thought. I was, I guess, in the 10th or 11th grade. But eventually I went off to Hiles Anderson College and I was taught that, well, yes, that certainly the devil does use music and we have got to be wise. But as far as as far as where we draw that line, that's what we're going to talk about today. So the verse you just referenced was Ezekiel chapter 28, verse 13. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering, the sardis, uh, topaz and the diamond, the barrel, the onyx, and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle, and the gold, and the workmanship, the workmanship of thy tablets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou wast created. Um, and so certainly you can see Satan's influence through music. If you can't, 
then you have got your head in the sand. Tabrets and pipes. Those are musical instruments. And you can see today. In him. And yes. you can see today how he's using it. And one principle to keep in mind is uh, Satan is the master counterfeiter. Anything that God does well, Satan does um, just a little bit off, just enough off to uh, um, compromise the truth, which he does with the gospel. Um, uh, he does with, well, Satan's got his, you know, there's a Christ, there's an Antichrist. Jesus had a resurrection, the Antichrist will have a resurrection. Um, yes. You know, all the things that Jesus does and God does, Satan is a counterfeiter. He tries to imitate the truth. And we see that in the parable Jesus spoke of the wheat and the tares. He comes in and he imitates. He infiltrates and he imitates. Uh, so that's one thing to keep in mind when it comes to music. God created music to be good, to be for his purpose, to honor and glorify him, and Satan would, uh, would want to corrupt it. Well, I think that's a good place to start, but this doesn't really hit um, the nail on the head where we want to go. But what you were saying right there um, is so true. But let's go ahead and talk more about, say, what's going on in the Asbury Revival, Hillsong kind of music. Is that right? Well, I would, definitely, wrong? I would definitely say that, that Satan, he is infiltrating Christian music with a counterfeit of Christian music. No, we, no doubt. Yeah, like, and uh, a lot of what's being sung today. You know, I heard a great, great quote. Popular Christianity is not biblical, and biblical Christianity is not popular. And when you come across these mega churches um, and uh, these, these groups that are, you know, making millions of dollars from their music, I'm talking about Christian groups, um, why is the world so accepting of them as a, as a whole? Uh, I would say be awfully leery of it. Um, maybe I'm wrong. You know, go ahead. Perhaps in some ways, maybe. Tear me apart. Well, no, no. <laughs> because I, because I, what I'm doing is I'm falling in the same trap that guy was before. Is I'm, now I'm coming down and taking and trying to draw hard lines. And you even said before we started that that's always a losing battle. Well, don't you think that uh, you're going to you're going to end up putting yourself in a corner and then your whole structure is going to fall down. If it's based on culture, if it's based on higher education, if it's based on feelings, uh, if it's based on what somebody else says, I mean, ultimately, I would think that every child of God would agree the final authority is the Word of God. So we've got to go back to the Word of God. I mean, you might like music that I do not like. And I guess some of the questions come out. Is it wrong because somebody that's a lost person wrote it that's, you know, uh, they maybe thought that they were saved, but they weren't saved, and they wrote a good song. There's a song that was written by a homosexual. I can't remember his name right now. but Ray the song, Boltz. Ray we Boltz. Talk about him all thank the time. You, thank you. And then he wrote another song called The Altar. He wrote two of them that we've sung in our church, The Altar, which is a really, really pretty song, and then also Thank You for Giving to the Lord. We've used them many times. And they bring tears to my eye, and I feel uplifted. But there are folks that would say, because it was written by a homosexual, therefore it has no place and cannot glorify God. Well, I think that's a very debatable point here. I mean, what are your thoughts? Mm. Well, honestly, I love the song. Then once I heard that the guy uh, who wrote it is an open uh, homosexual, then um, I just honestly, I was very you know taken back, taken back and like, well... You know, yeah, it, it seems so conflicting in my mind. 
It absolutely does. Okay, how does somebody who's in open rebellion to God um, write a doctrinally good, a, a you know, uh, a pleasing to the Lord? You know, he's living in open rebellion, but then he, uh, I don't know. How does that how does that work? I don't know, but that song, The Altar, I tell you that. I mean, just thinking about it just overwhelms me. Mm-hmm. Just the fact that that's what this altar is for. You know that the Lord um, is accepting of me. You know, um, and um, well, it's just a beautiful song, and it has touched many, many lives. On, honestly, Brother Jonathan, I feel like actually what you said is the right thing to say. Um, every song has got to be judged on its own merit. I agree. I, I agree with you on that. I think, yeah, like if you start saying, well, anything that was that that's what was put out by this group or that group um, is bad or good. Uh, I think that's a foolish thing to do. But then you open up a can of worms for, like we've always talked about. See, I loved the Beatles when I was growing up, and it was very hard for me to give them up. And um, But even today, there there are some beautiful songs that the Beatles sung. And, of course, the Beatles is all about the beat. That's why they named themselves the Beatles. And uh, before that, the Silver Beatles. And anyway, um, but when you think about it, there's a lot of their songs that aren't really rock and roll songs, like the song Yesterday. I mean, what is wrong with yesterday? One man with one guitar singing a song about how he had lost his his sweetheart. You know, yesterday, all my troubles seemed so far away. Uh, I think it's a beautiful song, and I am not going to say that that song is sinful. Um, and I'm going to be honest with you, maybe some of the fundamental brethren will lose faith in me, but if they ever had faith in me in the first place, then then, <laughs> then they need to rethink their own faith. But if it comes on in the radio... I'm going to listen to it. Now, it doesn't have the same draw to me as it used to. I'll probably listen to, you know, a little bit of it, and then I'm, I'm kind of going um, with it. But I just don't think there's anything wrong with it. I've had people tell me that they don't think there's anything wrong with the Carpenters or with um, Frank Sinatra. I mean, where do we draw the line? That's the question. And I don't see in the Bible where there is a line. And we do know this, that there's a, there's a book written by Solomon the Song of Solomon, it's a song, and it's a love story is what it is. It's the Song of Solomon. Don't even mention God at all. And so does every single song have to mention God in the sense that we think a song has to glorify? Can a song glorify God without having the name Jesus Christ in it? I think so, because Song of Solomon, it's in the Bible. It's a song, and it doesn't even mention God at all. It's just a love story. There's a beautiful picture of Christ in there. Um, but still, does that mean that uh Happy birthday is wrong because it doesn't say anything about God. Is it wrong to sing happy birthday in church? Um, I remember when I was at college, there was a Valentine's banquet. The college that I went to, Howells Anderson College, puts one on every year. My daughter just went to one uh, just a few days ago. And Wendell Evans was the president, and he sang Love Me Tender. He sang the song Love Me Tender. And I was thinking, that's Elvis Presley's song. And I guess um, some others as well. I'm thinking, well, what? I don't, I don't understand it. But I had so much learning and growing up to do. So um, I agree. Every song has got to be judged on its own merit. And um, that, that also brings in the question of poems. If, if a song is wrong, well, a lot of songs are just poems to a melody. Where do we draw that line? So I think what you've demonstrated is that there is, this is a dead end. That's right. It's a dead end. Uh, this is where we always come to when we uh, talk about this. 
Um, and we have talked about this, and I, I'm, I am a, 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 I'm a very right wing. I'm very, I'm further right. We're probably the most fundamental. In fact, I, I'm almost positive we're the most fundamental right wing radical church in this whole county, uh, probably. And uh, and you probably got the the loosest music standards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I just am not willing well, to just, just follow the denominational guidelines. You know what I mean? Yeah, I said this before we started. Uh, and okay. by the way, let me say this too: we don't have drums on our platform. We we don't we don't have a lot of electrical music. We we don't have a lot of this clapping your hand. In fact, we don't have any of this clapping your hands and and rolling to the music and all that stuff. Uh, none of that stuff. Ninety percent of our songs are hymns with a piano and an organ. That's it. We're an old fashioned Baptist church. But I'm not. I'm just not willing to say drums are wrong. How can you say that when Psalm chapter one fifty speaks about timbrels um, and uh, Things like that, which is which is a beat, and yeah. the Bible says, "Clap your hands," which is holding a beat. What's the difference between um, tapping your hand on a desk, or clapping your hands, or having a stick and hitting something? I mean, again, where do we draw that line at? Yeah. So you are. Um, before we started, I said I brought up this guy who talks about this, and he said um, he's painting with a pretty broad brush, and he says Hill Song straight out of hell, Bethel music straight out of hell, and uh, you said, "Man, I, I." I I tend to want to agree with him. I wish I could. I am. I am that way. I'm, yes. I, I'm that kind of guy. I'm like, let's find something wrong with it. Because I mean, you know, that's the kind of a joke amongst uh, independent Baptists, and uh, sometimes it's a true stereotype. But um, you said, man, I, yeah, I'd rather be more, uh, you know, err on the side of caution, be more careful. But and I said, yes, that's true of you. You are that kind of a preacher where, man, uh, I'm against everything type thing. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's brought into balance by this desire to be consistent because uh if you can't be consistent with a principle then you have no principle now it's okay to have a personal preference and you know and say well just personally i, I i'm just i'm just not going to do this uh and say whether it's if you think it's consistent or not that's fine but once you start preaching and saying all of hillsong is wrong then you got to say okay where how can we be consistent here how am I going to be consistent if I'm going to preach against Hillsong, but I'm going to sing Happy Birthday? Uh, how am I going to be able to, to you know, preach against Hillsong and then sing some song by a Southern Gospel group of the 70s, but they were just Hillsong of the 70s? Um, yep. So how can we be consistent? I remember it, in the 70s, the Gaithers were criticized because they had that new sound, you know, that new, new sound. I, just because it's new does not mean, mean it's sinful. Everything was new at one time, you know, as far as songs written and uh and uh, but yeah, uh, it's got to be brought into balance by consistency. That's where we're groping here. We cannot find a way to to sit here and tell our listeners or even our church members, okay, here's your flow chart. If it does this, it's right. If it does this, it's wrong. Why? Because we can't be consistent. Well, well like we said last week. Well, if you got a flow chart, then you have you have done the devil's work and said, okay, now don't look at the Bible. Look at my flow chart. Unless the flow chart is is verses right from the Bible, but you're just like they're not there. If anybody has looked, I have looked. And there's certainly things in the Bible that can, can help you rule out songs, obviously. You know, like you said at the beginning, obvious right, obvious wrong. We're not talking about obvious right and obvious wrong. We're talking about CCM, Christian rock. Right. Um, and uh, uh, that, that gray area. Because a lot of Baptist preachers will take a stand against Christian rock. But then they sing Christian rock songs, but they just, take, they just play it with the piano. Um, right. How, how do we be consistent? And I said this last week. I said, well... Okay, you're playing a Christian rock song with no rock beat, but you heard it from somewhere. Someone's listening to it to bring it into our churches. Um, so that's where 
that's where we hit a dead end. Where we hit a dead end. Yes, yes. Well, I do think that there is some merit to people who say, "Well, I've you know I've listened to some of these you know CCM artists and their Facebook page just betrays their what they're singing, you know, um, filthy language and just um, just just not a godly testimony." Now, I would say that if, if that if you've learned that. And then that sours you to a be- otherwise beautiful song. I would say if that's what the Lord is leading you to do, then don't support that anymore. Because when you do buy their music, you know, then you are supporting them. Mm-hmm. But we ain't going to buy none of that stuff. But where you draw that line, because like, like you said, there's no way to be consistent there. Because are you going to go and investigate every company that you buy from and find Man. out? And that's another thing, the company, mm-hmm. you know. Then you've got another problem if the company sells Black Sabbath and also sells CCM. Yeah, you know? most people have a Bible uh, from a publisher that, pr- that, also, Rupert prints, Murdoch. that yeah. also prints all the modern Penthouse. versions. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, that uh, Penthouse, like you said, that, yep. that, that uh, publishes Bibles and pornography. So, and people don't even know that. Uh but it, ignorance is bliss, I guess. But we have to be consistent. We and have to be consistent. That's where this argument falls apart. And then, then we become hypocrites. Hypocrites. And so um, I do think that we ought to preach um, very consistently on holiness and godliness and whatsoever your hand finds to do, do with your might, do for the glory of God, and uh, not want to displease God in any way. Um, but again, What's going to be your final authority? I've often told folks, I'm not your nanny. I'm, I'm not your big brother. And this pastor is, is, is not going to, we're not going to be the Gestapo. I'm not going to go around and check up on you and what kind of music you're listening to. I mean, if ladies in our church, they want to wear pants, that's up to them. You know, um, I'm going to preach what I believe. You know, if guys, guys want to get tattoos, that's up to them. I'm going to preach what the Bible says, but that's up to them. In the area of music, it's up to them as well. Yeah. Now, we're not going to have even questionable music in church because really church ought not to be about music when it starts shifting from the preaching to the music. And then it shifts from music from edification to entertainment. Then, you know, you're on a downward slope, but could you blame the music? No, I think that you could blame probably the carnality of the pastor, Mm -hmm. you know, that probably just doesn't want to study and, and he's probably carnal. So he won't mention those, those things that, really need to be mentioned yeah and that's such a good point you're not there you know you don't de- you certainly don't take that position of i'm your nanny i'm need to, i'm gonna micromanage your christian life um a lot of people will take will say well if you bring in a song by a group that is just you know i mean they're christian in name only i mean they're they're wicked you know they got this terrible testimony that but they have this they have this acceptable song you might say um, and you bring that into your church, then you're putting your stamp of approval on everything they do and everything they produce. Um, and that's one uh, criticism of allowing this whitewashed Christian rock into your church. Um, but is, did, it, is that our fault? I had a guy tell me one time, we, we played the song, one piano and one soloist many years ago. Um, it was uh, El Shaddai, the song El Shaddai, El Shaddai, El, El Yana, Adonai, something like that. Um, Guy told me later on, he said, that reminded me of the bar room, you know, the, uh, music in the bar room. Well, I couldn't see how. I'd never been in a bar in my entire life. Um, but I'm thinking, how could that song remind you of the honky-tonk, you know, bar room work? But mm-hmm. I guess to him it did. If we go down that road, we, we might as well just be like some of those old-fashioned 
Baptists that said, let's not have any music at all mm -hmm. in the church or not listen to any at all. Yeah, because music is it's just part of the culture. It's going to be used in every, every way. You're going to hear different music in different venues, and just because somebody heard this kind of music in this setting... Um, you know, does that mean that we have to investigate, you know, every song we ever, ever play and say, well, does this make you feel sinful? Does this remind you of a sinful memory or does this remind you of a sinful place? Uh, that's impossible. We can't be, we can't be, uh, the Holy Spirit. Yeah. The Holy Spirit. And you're not to be their, their babysitter, so to speak. And that's a lot of Baptist preachers, a lot of preachers across the board, especially Baptists who think that they're they're not they really are because what they'll do and we've talked about this before you know when it's snowing out they'll close their church you know so basically what they're saying is i'm a, I'm a baptist democrat you know um I, i'm going to be your nanny i'll tell you when it's safe for you to venture out well if i can't make it then you preach and if you can't make it then whoever can make it why should we tell the whole church they they can't nobody can come to church because the preacher's afraid to get out yeah yeah, so there, there's very little uh, uh, in the Bible uh, that's going to define these things. So instead of us trying to define them, why not just preach the Bible and tell people to get right with God, and then that's going to produce the right standards in their life. You, you said and, it so well. And you know what? You say this a lot about Christian growth. If I, if I now don't listen to Christian rock because that's where the Lord's brought me, um, but the, you know, a, a new Christian does, now it doesn't mean we have to accommodate in the church, but can I be as patient with him as I as someone needed to be with me, uh, and let them come around? Right now, in preaching to teenagers, I balance that out because a lot of times with teenagers, it's the opposite. They used to not listen to it, and now they do. But for a new Christian, say someone thirty years old who heard the gospel at the workplace, and now he's coming to church, and he's still listening to his, you know, death metal in the car on the way up to the church parking lot. Well, you know, he's going to grow. Let him grow. And uh, let, uh, you know, if he's moving in the right direction, that stuff's going to be taken care of. The Holy Spirit's going to work in his life. Um, Absolutely. And can we not be as patient with, with that guy as someone had to be with us one day? Absolutely. And, uh, again, I, I like what you said. You know, when your heart is right, then you'll desire to please the Lord. And, and you'll go the extra step. And in addition to that, a child of God ought to fear God. And it, there should be something that just tells you that this song that I'm listening to is not right. Mm -hmm. There's just something about it. Mm -hmm. And whatsoever is not of faith is sin. And so I think it comes down to that, really. Yep. I mean, if, if, you, if, uh, if the Holy Spirit is convicting you, or even if the Holy Spirit is not convicting you, but you just feel just because of subjective thinking that this is not right then you ought not to do it when in doubt don't when in I've doubt that don't. so many times but it's oh man it's for music again it is it is a hard topic to nail down because we would say well don't be you know be spirit-led not feelings-based um how you know, do you know the difference between the two but music is an emotional it is it is an emotional outpouring it is you, absolutely you can't divorce it from feeling i mean you um, think about all the songs most of them are love songs and uh, drumming up emotion and all kinds of emotion. And most people, if they say they take a separatist uh, stance on music, um, they still listen to songs they like. That's all there is to it. And they may they may not tolerate drums or electric guitars. That may be their their standard. It it still comes down to their feeling. Anyway, so you said that um, you know music ought to come. It comes from God. 
and it's for God. And I, you know, do you I, agree with that? Uh, y- yes, but I'm not too sure I agree with that completely. I mean, like like you said, what about Happy Birthday? What about Yankee Doodle? You yeah, know, what I, about, mean, um, I mean, cannot we enjoy Baby a shark? Song? <laughs> <laughs> Can't we enjoy a song? You know, well, the people the proponents of classical music would say um, classical music by its order um, brings glory to God. I've heard that before. I, honestly, I believe the musical scale brings glory to God. And you've said this before. There are other musical scales out there that incorporate different intervals than what we're used to. Um, but the musical scale that we use, pretty amazing. First of all, it's seven notes, um, which we know it's God's number of completion. Secondly, the seventh note of the scale is the most tenacious before a new beginning. And it just it just mirrors, you know, everything in the Word of God. You know, when I think of the tribulation, you know, and the con- consummation of all things in Revelation and how we've got, you know, these series of sevens and the, the tension that comes before the great resolution and the new beginning. You know, after the seventh note, you go to a new beginning, which is a new musical scale. Um, I believe order is ingrained in music, and it does glorify God. Um, it You know, whether or not we, we understand it or not, it's always been there. God created the order of the of the. Uh, frequencies that we find that that can uh, yes. that can uh, work well together. Uh, God created that, and all we're doing is just using it, or finding it, or um, uh, utilizing it. Can can music satisfy the flesh and still be spiritual? I think here's, I think that music is the result of a spirit-led flesh or a crucified body a body is crucified with christ because music is a is a fleshly thing i, I just cannot get uh, i cannot divorce you can't from the get flesh. away from that that's right it is flesh you know and everything in the bible seems to be lusts of the flesh that's always evil uh it's wrong and it's true the bible says you know sin when it is or lust when it's conceived bringeth forth sin right but everything about the flesh is always seems to be wrong but music is basically it's fleshly that's right i mean i can't get away from it and you may you may downplay the beat but whether or not you have a drum or not, the beat's there. The beat is there. Um, you may downplay uh, the emotional aspects of it, but whether or not you're, you're still listening to th- songs that, that you like. No one listens to even good music that they just don't like. I've heard people say, well, you know, rock music is wrong. And so the, the, the standard definition of rock music is an emphasis on the second and fourth beat. But are you, are you just going to... Are you going to define all rock music? I mean, we'll do that with Give Me That Old Time Religion. Yep. You know, I guess then that we are singing a rock song when we sing that song. But that cannot be. You know, I've often said to you, I don't mind if you put a little bit of jazz into um, the, say, for example, the offertory or special music. I don't want it. I don't want to, you know, an overemphasis on jazz. But a little bit of blues, um, you know, some minor stuff, some major stuff. Go ahead and use it. I think we can get too much in the wrong direction to create a wrong feeling, you know, in church. But um, I, I just, we just cannot say this is right, this is wrong, this is right, this is wrong, or you'll never, you, you, you'll never be satisfied that you have, you have found the right way, the truth here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do. And just full disclosure here, you know. Um, I do enjoy, I love, uh, I love, well, I just love blues and jazz. I think it's, I think it's just thrilling. Now, a lot of people may take a, uh, you know, an exception to that and say, well, that's not right. Where, again, where do you draw that line? Well, God gave us these, uh, God, God ingrained it in, into us, uh, four beats. 
for some reason that just that just hits it you know and even songs that are not in four beats you know four rhythms it you can basically subdivide them or it, it still comes down to fours uh and it's just amazing god put that in there now we can utilize it and we and uh we you know by emphasizing the beats or sometimes uh anticipating a beat or waiting to hit a beat it all adds interest you know what we would call interest I, I just i just think that that it's there for us to use and utilize and just because there's it's syncopated which means um that you we don't sing on the beat we sing off before or after the beat uh just because it's syncopated does that mean that we write that off i don't believe it i Me think neither. and you know a lot of that uh uh you know that that's where we, a lot of times this condemnation of you know rock and roll and um jazz or blues because well it's got syncopation well it's got sliding in it well it's got this you know it 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 came out of the bar rooms but <laughs> i love tony hudson said he said no uh, elvis presley you know he 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 took the church's music and put it in the world that's right um and uh it 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 works either way um so music is there it's a part of the culture People sing whether they're slaves in a cotton field or whether they're in the jungles of Africa. Music comes out of the heart, and so uh, the 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 question is, the the issue is, if the heart's right, the heart will produce the right kind of music. And that's basically our answer there. So, how do you get your heart right? Well, number one, you have got to be saved. I mean, you have got to be born again, and don't just take some worldly definition of it. Find out what God says about being born again. Is your name in the Lamb's book of life? Because if it is not, you're not going to heaven. And just because you do religious things does not mean that you are born again. It does not mean you're a child of God. God told Peter in the book of Acts, I want you to go witness to a man named Cornelius. He prays all the time. He gives much alms to much people all the time. He thinks he's a Christian, but he's lost. And just because a person goes to church does not mean that they're saved. Just because a person reads their Bible does not mean that they're saved. Cornelius was the prime example of a very godly man who was lost. So you've got to be saved, number one. And just because you're saved, that does not mean that you are walking in the Spirit. Mm -hmm. The Bible says you've got to walk in the Spirit. Now, I'm going to tell you, if you're not, if the if if the spirit is not leading you to walk to church on Sunday, well, really you need to get right with God because you're not really qualified. You don't have the heart to be able to discern good and evil, That's right so and wrong, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. And then you're going to love God. You're going to love His Word. You're going to love the people of God. And anybody that would say, "Well, I just don't do well around crowds," well, that's why you get saved. Yep. That, that's exactly why you get saved. Yep. God enables you to do what you could not do before you got saved. Yep. He empowers you. But then just walking with God, it says if you'll walk in the flesh, you uh, walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Right. Now, there are songs that are sinful. Not just everything that satisfies the flesh is sinful. Otherwise, looking at a picture, looking at a sunrise or a sunset, that's, that's not it. But there needs to be a biblical basis. Mm-hmm. There needs to be that. We're supposed to do everything for the glory of God. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. The Bible says to him that knoweth to do good uh, and doeth it not to him, it's it's a sin. But yeah. one person can do something, and to, it, to him it'll be a sin. Another person, it won't be a sin. Mm -hmm. So it's not one size fits all. You know, each one of us is an individual. We have our own spiritual fingerprint, every one of us. 
And uh, again, as you said, the growth and grace process. And like with so many other things, we've got it backwards. We, we want to come and have this musical experience that leads us to spiritual growth. We want, and that's what Asbury is. We're having this musical experience that's bringing spiritual growth. That's completely backwards. You have spiritual growth that gives you the right musical experience. Absolutely. Uh, you grow in grace, and then that will help you to, um, to appreciate and like the right kind of music. Um, you know, a lot of people will, when it comes to music, they'll say, well, this just doesn't feel right. And we, we, really, we really don't like that kind of talk, me and you. Like, we're not supposed to go by feelings. But when it comes to music, what else is there? That's right. Because uh, the guidelines are not in the Bible. So, but and I, think it, I think there's some merit to that. Um, when you're walking with God, the world's music is just going to set the wrong—it's just gonna, it's gonna, not going to feel right. There's going to be something off about it. The Holy Spirit inside of you, is, it's not going to jive with uh, what you're hearing. It's going to grieve the Holy Spirit. I've been there. I've been there before where, you know, uh, when I was backslidden, I used to, you know, maybe listen to this song. Uh, or this kind of music, and then I put it on, you know, or I hear it again, and uh, you know, when I've gotten right with God, and it's just like this, this ain't, this, this is not, this is not feel right, it's not sound, it's not, uh, something's wrong, uh, and so, uh, you know, I don't think we can set principle by by that, but I definitely think personally, if you are walking with God, then uh, you're, you're gonna feel, you, you, there's gonna be. Um, there, there will be a feeling aspects to it. I, I believe the right feelings follow the right actions. They don't lead you to the right actions, but when you do the right thing, then the feelings follow. You feel right about the right things. Absolutely. Um, but to boil it down, we can't tell you. That's right. That's exactly right. And I think a lot of people, you know, I used to wish that. You know, for example, the Bible talks about it's a shame for a man to have long hair. And I remember when I was a teenager, arguing with another kid who had hair down halfway down his backside. And uh, I, I can see his face, but I cannot remember his name. And I, I defined short hair as, you know, tapered in the back off the years. Well, he defined, he defined it just as long as it's not down your waist. <laughs> you know? So it's relative. So It is. Yep. So, I mean, it's going to be each individual. One of these days, we're all going to stand before God and give an account. And God's going to say, my Holy Spirit was convicting you. Why didn't you yield to him? That, in the end, that's where it's going to come from. Um, I know a lot of folks are looking for somebody else to tell them how to walk with God. But really, you're going to answer to God. Every man will give him an account of himself to God. Yeah, we've got to be spirit-led, uh, spirit-filled. And like you just said, and if you are, if the Lord is leading in your life and you're not following him, then you're not, you're not qualified. You're not going to know what the right music is. Um, and so many other things. But, uh, well, uh, thanks for joining again. Uh, we hope you, uh, hope you continue listening. We'll be back again next week. And uh, have a wonderful, wonderful day. Don't forget you can reach out if you've got anything else that uh, you know, you'd like us to talk about. This was actually requested by one of our, our listeners. And so uh, email us at, uh, email just as thecancelpreacher at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook. Just search for The Canceled Preacher or Twitter. Uh, it's canceledpr1, at canceledpr1 on Twitter. And uh, thanks so much for listening. Thank you.